Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the uh, Jordan J and Buddies podcast. Uh, this is your host Will, and I am joined once again by the good buddy Brandon. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, so we're back, back again, and we are hitting on the two MCU. We're gonna call them like the summer releases, uh, which is of course Black Widow and uh, Shang Chi: Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah, we figured we'd honestly just kind of doing doing them as a pairing, just because all of the stuff that's been going on in the world, how they were released pretty close to each other. They're both fresh in our mind, and they're both good, but not good enough to kind of go on and on and on about like something else. Yeah, like debatably, neither one warrants their own episode, but they should both be talked about because they were good movies, and even if they were bad movies, we would talk about them too. Yeah. Because yeah. honestly speaking, and I guess this is when we can kind of jump into it. I don't think Black Widow is, like, that great. I think it's fine. I think it does what it's supposed to do. It fills in some gaps for her character, especially her childhood stuff. The, 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 the childhood stuff, I could not get enough of. I was like, I love seeing where, where she came from. But the current day stuff, I just I just wasn't invested. And I, tr- I tried to be, and I just was not invested. That's See- me. I liked it though. Is like I honestly, I thought it was essential. Is I fully agree. I feel like everybody could agree. Uh, this was a phase two movie in a phase four setting, purely because of external world views. They didn't think that she could hold her own movie and everything else like that. Should have done it a long time ago, but I'm glad we got it. It was definitely essential, and it filled in a lot of stuff. It made her endgame ending a lot more impactful, because now you know she wasn't just sacrificing herself for the Avengers, she's also sacrificing herself for this other family on stuff. We got to see Taskmaster, and I like that they left it open to where like they could still have the real Taskmaster from the comics come in, or they could still have this female like get redeemed in like a Thunderbolts arc or something. I thought it was necessary. I thought it did pretty good. It balanced comedy and action. But again, I do have to agree, out of the Marvel releases, it's it's around middle of the road. Like, it, it's essential. You need to watch it. If people ask, hey, do I need to watch this to understand the rest of the stuff? Yeah, because if you don't, people are going to be like, oh, she's a useless character. But, like, this movie gave her, like, her widow sting in the battles. It gave her, like, a lot more meaning behind her character, both having another family and the other stuff of her own external things, going through the Red Room, going through the torture, having to confront that back, at the same time of being the only Avenger that switched sides in Civil War. She committed treason during it. She signed the Sokovia Accords and then had to back off of it, and she assaulted the King of Wakanda, T'Challa at the time. Like, that was a big thing. So I like that they went back, and that's how it opened up, is right away it opens up in General Ross is going after her, Natasha, come out with your hands up, and they're going back and forth on everything. And they even did a little hint of Red Hulk in there, like, oh... You've had, what, two bypasses now? You're not looking so good for your health. That's that's how it starts for Red Hulk, is he starts experimenting on himself because he's about to die. That's true. So, yeah, and I think that there's some there's other things in there that I just think shine brighter than Black Widow herself. And I think that's, yeah. like, I would say that, like, I loved her sister. You know, yet... Yelena Belova. Oh, right? dude, she yeah. was amazing. She was the so new Black good. Widow. She was she was charismatic, almost more so than Scarlett Johansson, uh, in some in some scenes. Because I don't think it would be lying to say I think Scarlett Johansson is like a little done with this franchise. Yeah. And I think she made this movie <laughs> well, the because like, proved it. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> like I think she was like happy to come back and maybe like fill in some gaps in her own story. But I, you can just kind of tell. I think like she. She's happy to kind of walk away. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, the new cast is happy to kind of pick up the, the mantles and be taking their places. And so the the new Black Widow, I just loved her being on screen. I just thought oh, yeah. that was great. I loved um, David Harbour's character. 
You know, yeah. the Red Guardian was so good. I wish he had been in it more. That's one of the problem with him is that he's not in it enough. But I loved him being in there. I wish that they would have kept his action a little more though like during the taskmaster fight that's the one complaint i do have well i have a couple of minor ones but like one of them is like you get the epic scene of taskmaster versus red guardian right and then it keeps cutting away to like other stuff in between back and forth like it seemed yeah. like he was played up mainly for comedy and that's been a big complaint throughout the mcu that even hardcore fans like us have to admit sometimes it's like sometimes it's okay to back off the comedy or at least balance it more and in some cases they do a really good job Loki, we we described that in a previous thing. Like they balance yeah. his character really well. Chris Hemsworth's Thor, like he he's a god and he's the king of uh, Asgard, but like he's a comedic guy. Thor Ragnarok's one of the funniest movies in the franchise. You oh know? yeah. So they know how to balance comedy and everything. But it felt to me Red Guardian. It was still, and I get it. David Harbour is a good actor. I love David Harbour as an actor. Whether it's Hopper in Stranger Things, whether it's in this, you know, he has a couple of small time like films and stuff too. He's a good actor, but uh. I just wish that they would have given him more action scenes. I agree with you. I wish that he would have been in the movie more. And the times he was in the movie, I wish he was funny. Every every joke hit with me with him. Yeah. But I wish he was taken serious a little more. Yeah. And I think that's part of it is that I think he was really good and he has the and he had the potential to be a really really good character and he's just pretty good because they didn't take enough time to flesh him out because I think this movie tried to do a lot of things at once and yeah. I think it it did okay with some of them but not with all of them. And I think that's why this movie is just middle of the road. Like, it, yeah. it fills in some blanks, like, oh, that's where she got the jacket. Yeah. And I mean, Oh, that's how she got the airplane. Like, okay. Oh, that's why your hair is blonde. Like, <laughs> yeah, like small time Well, stuff. we see her buy the hair dye. It's like, okay, <laughs> I could have filled in the gap that she dyed her hair in two years <laughs> and that she bought a jacket. True. Like, I don't... <laughs> well, the jacket makes so there's sense, like, though, little because, things. like, she has it when she's about to die, too. So, like, that yeah. makes sense. She's wearing Yelena's jacket, but, like... I, I mean, the other thing, too, is, like, going back to Yelena, too, because we kind of jumped to Red Guardian afterwards, but you mentioned them at the same time. Yelena Belova is amazing. Is We went into this movie, and I was saying, you know what? If it's Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow, I hope they stick to the truth here, and it's a solo movie. It's the one to be essential to the thing, and it's done. It's over with. Yeah. And I said the only exception that I would take is if they were setting up the new Black Widow in a way we could follow. If they do the same format and kind of delay it and delay it and everything else, nobody's going to want to follow. But, like, I knew Yelena Belova was going to be in the movie. I know her comic arc and everything, so I was excited. But I did not know Florence Pugh was going to kill it that much, dude. She yeah. did amazing. And now, again, I'm kind of getting the best of both worlds because now they're like, oh, we might have Black Widow sequels, but, like, Scarlett Johansson's done. Like, it would follow Yena Yelena Belova, and I think we're all okay with that now. It's, like, it's yeah. still the Black Widow sequels but in a way it's it's a very nice like refreshing thing here yeah it makes sense because there's actually stories from the black widow film that are worth following up on yeah. because i don't think i'd be the first person to say that i'm also kind of okay with black widow or with natasha romanoff kind of being done yeah and she i think I, th I think i think her story is told she's been around since iron man 2 and i think her story is told and that's okay except for her and hulk's final line <gasps> Uh, her and Hulk should have had that scene that got deleted where he just walks up to her as Professor Hulk like no Nat I got this when she tries to do the it's okay big guy sun's coming down he should have just been like I see you Nat we're good now and like at least that explains like okay because that would have tied some stuff together and that is still my biggest might the only problem I've ever had with Infinity War is just the execution of Hulk's transformation and stuff yeah. but besides that because Black Widow never had the most compelling story to begin with, but this at least gives her something so that her death has more impact because she's only well-written in Black Widow and Endgame. Well, Everything else is like, 
passable, would... but she's just like the female. She's the token woman, so she's saying the, the the quippy things and she's making the sexual jokes and she's whatever. But she's not like a character. She's kind of just like good at kung fu or whatever. She's like good at kicking people and she just like is like kind of sassy. But she doesn't like. Can you like? I don't know a character trait about her, and she's so poorly written. Before I mean, those two movies. I would argue the only other exception to throw in there would probably be Age of Ultron at certain parts, because she does go into what the Red Room does when she's talking to Bruce Banner, when he's like, "Yeah, are you serious? You want to be with me? Like, I can't have kids. I physically can't. She's like, neither can I. And then it goes into the whole thing. And then later on, we get to see when Wanda Scarlet Witch shows them all their worst nightmares. She flashes back to her past in the Red Room, and we see her hysterectomy, and we see all that stuff that later on, they somehow perfect, again, perfect joking balance, they made a joke in the Black Widow movie that was pretty dark about the Red Room's procedures for the hysterectomy and how they get the females, they sterilize them, they chop up the uteruses, all this stuff. And the whole theater, when we were there too, they were all la- we were laughing. And yeah. it's like, it's dark content, but they did, Marvel made this types of jokes and it's like, it's serious content though. Yeah. And so like, there is, I agree, she was poorly written at times, but I would argue the exception to Endgame and to... Uh, Black Widow itself is I would definitely throw in Age of Ultron there. However, I do agree. Avengers, she was throwing in there just because they were like, or let's go Iron Man 2. She was throwing in there because they were like, who can we have that would be sexy for Tony Stark is a sex thing, you know, to kind of rival Pepper Potts. And then like, yeah. you even know like the behind the scenes stories and everything else. Like she was cool with the crew and everything, but like they wanted her costume fitted a certain way. And they had like, there's even videos of like certain times when she does like the walk back and the whole crew of guys is like leaning over, checking her out. Yeah, cool. Like, it's awesome, but, like, that's all she was at the time. Yeah. And then Avengers, it was, oh, how can we follow up with her? And she, that chair scene at the beginning when she's introduced is cool as heck. It is. Like, it is amazing. It is. is. Honestly, yeah. Like, she, it's not that she's without her cool moments. It's that at the end of the day, I can tell you character traits and defining things about the other five core Avengers. And she was kind of just brushed off to to the wayside. Admittedly, she spent most of her tenure being written as a woman written by men yeah. and i think there's something to be said for that being why her execution is not good and why the the male execution is yeah. but the reality is i think it does kind of come through as she's the hot woman in the really tight clothes who all you know oh look there's a shot from behind haha <laughs> and it's just like little things where it's like yeah but give her something i want to like this character and you you barely she's like two dimensional in a world with some of the best fleshed out characters I know enough about Tony Stark to believe that he could be a real person, but she, hardly so. Even even with these other movies, and that's more my point, and that's why things like her death didn't have that much impact in general, because I was like, okay, they killed off the worst of the six Avengers, oh no, like, and that's, you know, that, that might be harsh, but that's just... Well, again, even I argue that, that, is that's like their writing. they shouldn't have waited a decade to give her the widow sting from the comics in her own movie. They shouldn't have waited a decade to give her multiple suits with different abilities or describe how she had a variant of the super soldier serum. She has super strength. She has super, like all of this stuff was neglected for so long. And yeah. then again, Iron Man 2, sex symbol. Avengers, couple of really cool scenes, but mainly woman, quippy line, sex symbol. Captain America Winter Soldier, sex symbol. It was like eventually the fans and even scarlett johansson herself was like hey man i can do so much more here and even the character herself is so much more interesting in the comics Mm -hmm. give me stuff to work with here and that's why again i still argue this movie was essential because it leaves a better taste in your mouth with black widow afterwards is like at least when you saw endgame again most people are like okay you killed off the worst avenger but at least now you go back and see black widow and you're like okay 
she may arguably still be the worst of the six, but you could see the meaning behind a lot of this stuff, and there's a lot more, like, there's no closed or, like, there's no open ends anymore. They closed everything up. Yeah, I would say that. I would say there were some things that were up in the air because we know about everybody else's childhood at least a little bit, yeah. and we didn't know much about her. So it was nice to get some of that stuff kind of filled in. See, and I'm really excited because... Like, Yelena Belova going to show up on the Hawkeye series in November. We don't know how much of it. I'm assuming towards the end of the series, but we know she's going to show up because of Val, Contesta, Allegra, Defontaine, uh, <laughs> Madame Hydra, for those who know comic stuff. Insane character. Um, she She's working for her, you know, so we know that she thinks Hawkeye was responsible for Black Widow's death, which technically in a manipulative way he was, but, like, in specifics, like, we know she tried to, he tried to kill himself first. And, and she he, sacrificed he tried herself to and save then, like, her, in Yeah, fact. exactly. But technically, because they went to Vormir together and they made that choice to be the duo to go there and everything else like that, he was still technically responsible for her death, which is a really skewed way of putting it, but that's the way a lot of people twist the truth, you know, and that's the whole point of Val's character. So I'm looking forward to seeing Yelena Belova in Hawkeye and then hopefully a Black Widow sequel. I never thought I'd say those words, but I would love to see her get her own movie and see a Black Widow sequel with full out Yelena Belova, flesh out her character, give us some new stuff that even comic fans are like, hmm, what are you going to throw our way, you know? I like knowing what's coming to an extent, but every once in a while I love being thrown off and like, okay, like, yeah. where are you going to go from here? And surprisingly out of all characters, Black Widow has me at this point. I'm glad they rounded off one. I'm glad they have another starting. I, I would love to see how she interacts with the other Avengers when she meets up. Yeah. I think that's what I'm looking forward to the most is because I think that Yelena Belova did very well, but we will just have to kind of see. I yeah. think it, it it waits to be seen. Exactly. Because they're off to a good start with her, and we'll just have to see the execution because we've seen people with bad starts get better, like Thor. True. We've seen people with good starts stay good and get better, like like Tony and, and Steve Rogers. Yeah. And we've seen... Uh, people with good starts, not peter off because my example here was going to be the Guardians of the Galaxy, how the first agree, movie beats though. the second one. Yeah. You know? Agreeable. And it's little things where it's like we've seen them stick the landing and we've seen them burn burn out on the landing. So I'm excited to see what comes next. Yeah. But I'm not holding my breath for it either because I think there's also way bigger fish to fry that are that are more oh, yeah. prominent. And so I'm excited to see how this as a small thing maybe builds up to that. Yeah, exactly. So, and like other thing, Red Guardian, rumored to appear in Captain America 4. That'd be cool to see David Harbour come back and again, fix the one complaint that a lot of us had that I said earlier is give him more action scenes, give him a little more seriousness. You could balance the comedy on stuff, but like, give him a little more depth to his character, you know? Not every big guy character has to be a punching bag or a joke, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because I'm not the biggest fan of that either in the sense of like, I don't care. Like, you can make a joke about anything. But I also think, like, these movies have such a way of handling serious things when they come up that for them to take things... This is my big problem with Endgame, is that Thor is a walking punching bag the entire time. He's, a, he's just a punchline. Yeah. And they did the same thing here a little bit where it's like, oh, it's it's funny because he's fat and wearing the old suit. I'm like, yeah, and... He's actually a funny character. Like, Make him funny for good reasons. Well, because, like, you showed him break a guy's arm at the beginning of the film, and then the rest of the film you're just like, oh, no, he he's incompetent. <laughs> he's, like, a, he's an idiot. Like, <laughs> No, this man was somebody who was focused for tons of years, and now it's open theories for the Captain America thing. Is he making up stories, or was he serious? Because he actually asked Natasha, like, hey, yeah. did he talk about me? So has he encountered uh, Multiverse Steve? Has he... 
made up stuff in his head over time through being in a Russian prison making up his own stuff. Like, he got Steve's Super Soldier Serum from Russia, a diluted version, so obviously he's going to have that connection. I want to see that fleshed out with the Falcon now that he's new to Captain America. But that's pretty much everything I can say on Black Widow itself. Yeah, I think, I think Black Widow, at the end of the day, to me it still falls middle of the road. It's the kind of thing that I don't have anything that that makes it I, I would probably call it bad in the only sense that it's forgettable overall it answers some little things but it is not anything that really blew me out of the water because it's a phase two or phase one movie hiding in phase four and it just feels really out of place which you could watch which I think when I, when I when, which I think because I'm gonna try on my next MCU rewatch I think I'm gonna do a chronological rewatch again yeah. start with Captain America you know and I'll fit that in where it goes and maybe that will improve the way that I, that I think of this movie. But at the moment, it just doesn't do a whole lot for me, good or bad. It's kind of just meh. Well, I wouldn't even say bad. I would just say decent. I'd say, again, it's essential to watch once to give her some depth. It's not something that I see anybody really freaking out about. You yeah. know, like you said, excited to see what's going to happen in the future, but not holding our breath either because we know we have the likes of, like, Moon Knight. And even the Hawkeye series has me excited, like, seeing him with those hearing aids and stuff. Oh, my God, yeah. they're going to do the comic stuff. Anyways, though. And then on to the other summer release is uh, Shang-Chi, which I knew knew next to nothing about this character. I knew what I saw from the trailers, essentially. And so I was pretty blown away by this one. I think it would not be a stretch to say that this is probably the best fight choreography in the whole MCU. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially in the world of hand-to-hand combat. Because it'd be hard to compare, like, this versus, like... you know, shield fights with Captain America or, like, Mjolnir fights and Iron Man fights because that's not hand-to-hand the same way, but this versus, like, the karate that you see in Winter Soldier and stuff, this wins. Like, Shang-Chi kills it, and it's so good in that right. It's better than it has any, 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 any reason to be with some of that fight choreography. And it's crazy because, again, that's not saying that the... Captain America and Winter Soldier, or even Falcon and Winter Soldier had a couple of action scenes that were really freaking True. cool for, like, Batrock the Leaper versus Falcon, and you had a lot of hand-to-hand scenes that were really nice, so that's the benchmark, and saying that this is better than that, that's not saying those are bad, that's saying that those are amazing, and this somehow topped that. And This again, hit new highs. I knew... I, again, it's I keep saying it, but I I know a decent amount about certain Marvel lore, and I'm learning more every day too. You know, I have multiple people that I watch on YouTube, from like Charlie with Emergency Awesome to like Eric Voss with New Rockstars. Like, there's a couple of people that I I watch and even talk to sometimes in the comments and everything else, and get responses. You know, so it's nice to have a little bit of knowledge ahead of time. But uh, I knew that he was Marvel's version of Bruce Lee that was written in the 1970s. Yeah. And it was during the time of Return of the Dragon coming out and everything else like that, so they made his character. Um, there were a few, let's say, controversial uh, per- portrayals and characters in the comics that I'm glad they steered away from. Like, Shang-Chi's father is not the Mandarin in the comics. He is a uh, very, very racist caricature, <laughs> um, to say the least. And that's that's from an objective point of view. Like, you know me. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't throw that around lightly. That's um, true. And, like, it, it definitely is, so I'm glad they steered away from that. And even, like, the the Great Protector, they, like, changed the name a little bit, you know? Because, like, there's just certain stuff where, like, hey, man, we could do this different, you know? Like, we don't Yeah, need... we can kind of update it for like, the modern day. Like, same thing they did with Falcon and Falcon Winter Soldier, where they made the joke, like, that's the Black Falcon. Yeah, that's what he was called in Marvel originally, and then Marvel later was like, oh, maybe it's... Yeah, people know he's black. Maybe it's not okay to throw that out there. <laughs> so, uh, they, they did the same thing, you know? Um, but... It was 
amazing seeing the fight choreography because I had heard leading up to it, hey man, they're gonna have the fight choreographer behind the Matrix helping out with this. They're gonna have one of Jackie Chan's top choreographers working with this guy. They're gonna have somebody who knew Bruce Lee working with this guy. Like, so many people that were just educated, and I think a couple might even be the same guy, like just hearing different reports, but I think it might have been the same guy. But regardless, someone with vast knowledge in the Kung Fu context through cinema was able to work on this. And again, it brought a completely different feeling to Marvel that I loved from the bus scene in the beginning to oh, the man. scaffolding scene, or even when they bring in the Ten Rings when the Mandarin's fighting Shang-Chi, you know, like during the climax of the stuff. It wasn't one of those super CG animated battles. Like they had the light, they had the other stuff, but it was mostly still Kung Fu. And I loved that, dude. Yeah, I, I, I love that very much. And I also like, there was a lot of it that was just because Oftentimes, you can see these things where they will do creative ways of making, you know, jump cut kind of takes, and they're very yeah. fast moving camera angles and stuff. But this was like One focused, shot. steady cam, long takes on you will see the fight choreography, you will know what's going on, and it's going to be really well handled. And it was actually Simi Lu doing it from what I've been hearing. Is I really? heard that he was actually like, he used to take like karate and other classes like that, and they had had him like working up towards it to where like. I, I think they had said, like, he still has, like, stunt doubles for, like, the bigger stunts and stuff, but, like, when it was the close quarters hand-to-hand -hand stuff, I think that they said he was doing some of his own stuff. And that's that's insane to go from a stock photographer model that he even jokes about to... <laughs> yeah, I've seen Sean Chi, man. Like, or Sean. He changed his name from Sean Chi to Sean to try to hide. <laughs> Love 16-year-old yeah, logic. <laughs> the worst way of hiding. <laughs> but, uh... But, and, so I gotta say that I think that there's... That there's a lot of good in this movie because I think that this is another example of the villain being really well fleshed out. Oh yeah, Win this Wu is was amazing. An incredibly well fleshed out villain again in a in a in a series of movies that has had that be a little to say the least all over the place. This is a better. really good villain, and it's it also shows them building up some consistency because now if you look at back to back movies, this one was good. Um, and because I'm also considering those Disney Plus shows yeah. are practically movies, so you got the one, you know, Agatha Harkness is good, John Walker is good, um, Sylvie slash, I mean not not, I mean Sylvie, yeah, Sylvie. slash, you know, Kang slash whoever, a good villain. Uh, this is a good villain, and also going farther back, Thanos is good, Killmonger is good, yeah, and uh, Quentin Beck is good. Quentin Mysterio, Beck is amazing, you know? and so they, we, we've, they're building up a good track record. Finally, they're fixing the one thing that they had a bit of a problem with. Yeah, you know, like. It's it's refreshing to see that because I was I was getting tired of seeing a good hero paired against a villain with no reason to be there. Yeah. And now we're getting both. We're getting well-written heroes against well-written villains yeah. who are really compelling. And of course this is this also toes the line because this also says like I was kind of saying in Loki, this is a great example again of Marvel blending genres. Yes. This is a kung fu movie meets a family drama meets a Marvel movie. Yeah. And it feels fully like all of those things. It doesn't feel like they skimped on the Marvel end, but also the family stuff is pretty heavy in there, and the kung fu, you know, Asian kind of heritage culture stuff in there is also fantastic. Yeah. I like that a lot of the action scenes don't have just, like, intense <coughs> intense music. They just have, like, calm Asian music. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting, like, a really interesting touch, because we know Marvel knows how to do music. You know the yeah. portals song, and when they when they when they mix in the Avengers stuff in general, Chills. when 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 Thor hits Wakanda and stuff like that, like that is Marvel. You know, turning the orchestra up to eleven. 
but this was them going a different direction with it, and it really works for the movie. It was and, very it's, and, it's, and it's great to see it, you know? And again, it mimics that whole style of the genre that they are trying to copycat, which, side note, isn't it crazy that over time, now Marvel movie is its own genre? Like, it really is. When you talk yeah. to people, like, you have superhero movie, but you still have Marvel movie, too, because when you talk superhero, it loops in a lot of different stuff. But... Yeah, they did a really good job blending. They also did a good job, again, same thing that I was saying with Black Widow on why I would say, outside of even Shang-Chi, is this movie essential? Like, yeah, you're learning about a new character that's got a lot of growth coming. I hope they reintroduced Iron Fist with him eventually. But uh, you also get to see them redeem another quote-unquote controversial that even me, me and you disagree on to an extent, Marvel movie, Iron Man 3, to where my big thing was they botched the mandarin they like ben kingsley is an amazing actor and he did an amazing job as trevor slattery but then they made him a joke and then they gave it to Aldrich killian the orange glow stick and that was that you know <laughs> but uh they, they brought back trevor slattery in this one and we were all hoping we'd see a little bit because the marvel one shot to the king where you see him get taken by the mandarin's crew and everything we were all excited but i didn't know if it was going to be like just a mention of him dying like oh we got rid of that imposter or like maybe him in prison but like it's just a quick like one shot when they're walking past him or something but they had him in almost the whole movie and yeah, he, i was not expecting him to be a, to, to like be a side character and that was that was a pleasant surprise to him me because i didn't know honestly yeah and i was not expecting to see him in this movie at all so it was a pleasant surprise because yeah. i personally as listeners of this podcast know, and as you know, I'm a big Iron Man three fan. I have been for years. Yeah. I think it's so good, <laughs> and I and I love I love the Mandarin twist in there, and I just like that yeah. movie in general. And this movie, if you if you like Iron Man three, then this movie still works because it keeps Iron Man 3's integrity intact. Yes, it, it does not. It, it. Do, it does not try to retcon it by saying you can forget that happened or something like no. It full on acknowledges it and says here's what happened. Some clown in the Western Hemisphere did not know what he was doing, and he took over my name, and we got him for it. Yep. You know? Well, and that was a great way of handling that. So people who like it like me will say, hey, look, they acknowledge that, but they didn't tarnish its, re- its reputation. And somebody like you can look at this and go, they this was it. a good retcon, this was a good redemption, and they have now kind of saved that and put it into a new light. Well, me So it, it kind of makes it good for either camp, and I think that's pretty cool. And me and you agree, we don't like lazy retcons. This was not a lazy retcon. A lazy retcon could have been even them just throwing him, which we would have been happy with a lazy retcon of just him getting like a shot in the cell. But again, the whole movie, he provided a great comedic sense, but he wasn't just there for comedy. Yeah. He was there to provide a purpose. Like it was funny his moments with Morris, the faceless turkey, whatever, whatever that thing was, <laughs> turkey, you know. Bird, but uh, the one that he didn't know was dog, real for a yeah. long time. Like hey, <laughs> you could see him too, um, but you realize later that it's important to the plot, and it's a little cliche. It's slightly where it's like, oh my god, of course the creature that only one guy can understand is the thing that holds the key to the land that they can't find. I know. But at the other end of it, it's like but it's amazing i love this whole thing you know like they, they established a tone to where i was intrigued through the whole movie like there's certain times i think you said that you saw it twice i've only seen it yes. once so far yeah i saw but, it once uh, with you and then i saw it once with jordan also actually. exactly so uh there's like moments where it's just like you say sometimes a lot of walking and talking to a comic book fan like me i love that because there's a lot of easter eggs there's a lot of setup for the future you know like we're i'm real excited but even going back past iron man 3 on how it helps it goes all the way back to iron man 1 to where if you look in certain viewpoints of the mandarin looking over his panels you see the tony stark kidnapping in one of the pictures on stuff like interesting they they put it in there to where he ordered the hit on tony stark because he wanted to use stark's weaponry 
to try to get into the land that he was trying to get into now because he he's been hearing his wife all this time you know so i love that they were able to breach back to the very first and one of the best marvel movies and again it wasn't a lazy retcon it was an add-on but still a switch where it was like hey we know you guys kind of got a little upset here but we know some people loved it too so how can we find a balance here and i think everybody loves ben kingsley yeah everybody loves the idea of the real mandarin Let's take the template we've had for these emotional villains, these relatable villains. What's one that we haven't done? A family man? I mean, we did the Vulture. The Vulture is one of the top MCU villains, for sure. And he's a down-to-earth, like, working-class man. But, like, we haven't seen, like, a family man in, like, a dynasty since. We've seen Thanos, the galactic ruler. We've seen Vulture, the blue-collar guy. Now we got to see someone of, like, official status, you know? And yeah. how he affected his family, and not just Shang Chi, but his sister also. You know, like, well, yeah, that, that was what I was gonna kind of say. Is that this is another movie where they're they're getting better at this too, where they actually make you interested and care about the side characters. Yeah. To the point that it almost feels insulting to call them side characters. Yeah, they're you know? just characters, man. At, the, at this just point, because you have at least four main characters in this movie. You got Shang Chi. You got his sister. You have Katie, um, his friend. Yeah, yeah, you have Katie, his friend, and then you also have his father. And all of them are well-written, well-fleshed-out characters who I'm interested to see more of. Yep. And I think that is really saying something that they stuck landing with a good villain, with a good setting, with and with you know good action, fight choreography, and also good writing on four characters. Yeah. One you know? thing I noticed is one of the big complaints about Hawkeye and Black Widow was, oh, they're the normal. They're, they're the normie characters and we all know in the comics you know they have different abilities and again black widow retconned it to where we know now and hawkeye's gonna do that stuff but like regardless people like they're normal people they don't really matter katie's a normal person in shang chi but they made her matter just as much and they made her to where it's like hey she's just as involved like when wong shows up he doesn't just say hey shang chi you're coming with me he's like you too come with me you your too. lives are gonna change not your, your lives life, your yeah. lives welcome to the team you guys when they talk to captain marvel and hulk like she's involved also and she's a normal character but they did such good writing finally that it proved it wasn't bad that it was a normal character it was just they were underwritten you know if you write a character the right way and you let them bounce off and you don't put them in a box of one stereotype let them grow let them go their own way and again like marvel's learning more and more we love the weird we love the unique we love the diverse and we love the new you know yeah it's it's nice. I'm really excited to see where Shang-Chi is going to go in the future, too. And I think I have a lot of good to say about Shang-Chi overall, but I also think, you know, there's no movie without its faults. And I think that this goes heavy on flashbacks that they keep coming back to. And I know that there's different ways of looking at this, because if you want to look at it, because I believe you said it to me, that, that's a diff- that that is a style of filmmaking yes. that they're trying to emulate by injecting the flashbacks throughout the movie. Yes, that is a style from the director and the choreographers and stuff they worked with from like ancient kung fu movies and stuff. They do that sometimes. And that is fair enough, and there is something to be said about that, but I will say that at the end of the day, from a, mu- from a movie viewing perspective, it eventually became... We're in the middle of, a, of an action scene, and it's really tense, and, oh, we're going to cut to, yeah. here's here's why this matters. Oh, look at that. His dad loved him the whole time. His dad, and I'm like, well, why didn't you tell... Are you... Because it feels like, oh, they think the audience is too dumb for us to tell them this earlier in the movie. We're going to inject it right when they need it. And so I think that, there, that, that that's where I think there could be some tweaking is because the pacing of the movie feels really weird, especially after a second rewatch. Yeah. Was I... Because when me and you and our, and our other friend saw it the first time, we were like, that... 
movie flew by. I can't believe that that was two and a half hours. Like that did they not feel like that at so all. so much into it. And then later on, after the second viewing, I was like, yeah, that felt like two and a half hours. And that's fine, but it, I, it, you can feel it dragging. There's a long part in the middle where they're just walking around. And again, and, I like that because there's a lot of comic some, Easter eggs. And if there's something to be said for comic Easter eggs, then sure. But I just think, like, they're just at that magical land just kind of talking. And, oh, she's shooting a bow, and they're, they're doing this. And, yeah, they're learning, yeah. they're training. But it's just a lot of... I did like though part of it was still showing the culture in those scenes where we like we saw one of their first lines of defense was a foo dog, one of the ancient Chinese like yes. symbols. You know that was epic to see their infrastructure for their palaces and stuff were like that. Like it was really beautiful where they did the same thing they did with Wakanda, and they showed us a completely new, different area of the Marvel universe that we still at this point again some people I'll still I will say it every single time we talk about a new project I swear mark my words on it I'll say it people that say oh all Marvel movies are the same dude you haven't seen past phase two I guarantee it because they started changing up genres since then and they have just been getting better and better and honing that edge down I love it like so yeah that's why I think that this is this is a good movie and it keeps phase four strong you know, I think that there's, you know, because at this point of this release, we now have, uh, uh, as of this coming out, we have three full Disney Plus series that have come out. We have the Black Widow film, and we are in the middle of, of What If airing. Which every episode is amazing so And so far. with all of, the, with this entire slate of things, we're off to a really solid start, I oh, would yeah. say. If Black Widow is the worst that it gets, we're doing pretty good. We're doing We're doing good. pretty good, because Phase 2 had, you know, Thor 2. Yeah. Phase one had Iron Man two and Thor one, which are both a little on the underwhelming side. Phase two side. had Iron Man three, you know, and so, so, but and because Phase three solid, I don't think there's a problem in Phase three anywhere. And nah. Phase four so far uh, is squeaky clean. Captain Marvel Phase three. Captain Marvel. Ooh, see you good, forgot about good it. Catch. And that's how bad I forgot it is. about Captain Marvel. <laughs> I, I wish know, I could not, forget about she's Captain a Marvel. Female. I love Captain Marvel as a character, and I I love her in the comics too. That's a completely different rant. I mean, I hate her because she's female. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I hate her because she's a poorly written female, and uh, her movie is whack. But that's neither here nor Black there. Black Widow did that right, though. That's why I say another complaint that people had about the thing is Black Widow should have came before Captain Marvel. And I see why they did it, but I kind of don't. Um, yeah, I just... I don't know. I think that people are going to be mind-blown when we see Shang-Chi again. Because I don't know if we're going to see him in the She-Hulk series with Abomination, since there's a small thing there. Probably not. But uh, we're going to see him in Avengers. Are we yeah. going to see him in Doctor Strange? We don't know where that beacon is calling from the Ten Rings. Like, that could that's be the, one of the demons or something linking it all together. I don't know. That's that's the thing that I love about this. I don't know where we're going to go. I just know, final note is, uh, there's a lot of complaints about CG sometimes at times with Marvel, and even I have them in times where I think Black Panther is one of the best movies, but the CG brings it down at times. Shang-Chi's CG is freaking amazing. I was thinking the same like, thing. Like, the, the Great Protector... Oh man, top notch! I the felt like that was and real. Else. And again, I said it earlier, but still, the t all of the scenes with the ten rings, it didn't seem like oh, there's these weird out of place rings floating there, and it's everything else. They looked real, and they flowed with the fighting style. They didn't just have them there for a purpose. He whipped the rings around, or like they had blasts or like different purposes. And they're gonna go into the powers later on, but like, it just loops it all together between the culture, the fight choreography, the CG. 
I would highly recommend Shang-Chi, and I, I want to see it a second time as soon as I can. I'm not going to go see it in the movies again, because I'm a poor lad at times, and <laughs> I like to see movies when they premiere at the time. Like, we're going to go see Venom 2 a, a day before it goes out in theaters publicly, so I'm really excited for that. But uh, other than that, I, I just, I don't know, man. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I was going to touch on that, too, that the CG has gotten so insanely impressive. Because we saw, there was even some complaints. I didn't see a problem with this, but I I heard some complaints about the Tony Stark de-aging effect in Civil War not looking that good. I didn't have a problem with it specifically, but I absolutely get why people did. And that, because I think that was kind of their first dabble into the idea of de-aging, which they clearly had bigger things coming in mind for that, so I see why they did it, but it was still like, I didn't have a big problem with it, but some people did. Now, the CGI is practically indistinguishable from reality they 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 they, they, cer- they certainly hit that mark with thanos and now they just keep doing it the you you had a word for them but the the big you know dogs in the food dogs the food dogs chinese looked culture real they looked real yeah. and it was so good because you also will sometimes have these problems where we and we've seen this in some things too where things are over designed yeah. in cg and they stand out because they look too good in a movie that otherwise doesn't exactly i think you could say that about the incredible hulk movie where he looks too, there's too many details, and the things around him do not have that level of detail. Him compared to it's Abomination like, was not good, but Abomination in this film, they that's one underrated thing, dude. They finally made Abomination comic accurate with the yeah, fans and everything else. He visually looks perfectly comic accurate, and I'm just happy to see him come back too, because I am the biggest, as you know, apologist for the Incredible Hulk movie. <sighs> I I love that movie. Most people don't. I love that movie, I'm most and I'm people. so happy to see it being looked at and be re-acknowledged in small ways and big ways. It got mentioned a little bit in What If, you know, very lightly, and it's getting an abomination as clearly being re-acknowledged properly and stuff. So there's some things that are like, I'm glad they're acknowledging this because it has for the longest time felt like the black sheep of the Marvel family. And they're like, no, no, it's still there. We have not forgotten about it. We just are waiting to do it properly. And they did it perfect. It wasn't just, oh, we're going to throw in a character. Because all of us were asking after the trailer, why abomination, you know? And is that Wong? Like... They, they answered it in a perfect sense. He wasn't in it too long. He wasn't in it too short. Is you had the fight scene, and then you realize, oh, him and Wong are working together. They're training. Wong's like, come on, Emil. Like, he, yeah. he calls him by his real name. They don't call him the Abomination yet. I mean, it's still his name through public, but, like, he calls him by his human name. They work together. They're sparring, and then he takes him back to the raft. When he opens the portal, you could see Abomination's little cell. It looks like Hulk's cell from Avengers. He's back in the raft. They're going to leave him there until the She-Hulk series. They're going to set him up for the Thunderbolts, and I'm excited for his character. The fact that they threw in an Incredible Hulk character to this movie just adds another layer to They did such a good job at balancing everything. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot that's really good about, about Shang-Chi, but at the end, and I'm excited to see where it goes. And in the world of origin stories, it's really good. Oh, yeah. I think we're, we're, we're planning on talking about that in a totally separate light later yeah. on. But in the world of origin stories, <laughs> it sets him up really, really well. And I like his side characters. I like the movie. I just think there are some things that drag it down from perfection. But I could never in good faith call it a bad movie. I'm I excited. think it's pretty good. I'm excited to see his sister run the Ten Rings now. We thought that she was going back. And the way that they ended it, I love that Marvel does that now. To where it's not just, oh, the Avengers will return and all that stuff. It's like Thanos will return. You know, the Ten yeah. Rings will return. The Ten Rings like, will stuff return. Stuff like that yeah. where they're just throwing that in there now. I wonder if Morris will return. And uh, I hope Morris returns. Morris Morris is like Alligator Loki, man. He's the weird character that everybody right after was like, y- you're the star of the show. We love you. Yeah, he's our. He's the actual main character. <laughs> Shang-Chi, who? This is about... This Morris is, this and the is Legend Morris of the, and the Ten, Ten Rings. Rings. Yeah. <laughs> 
right. But, all uh, right. Yeah, no, I think that that's honestly all I have to say. Highly recommend one of the higher movies on my Marvel list. I would say still more middle of the road when you break it down through everything. But I put the Avengers movies separate, and in that case, towards the higher. Definitely towards top 10, top 5 territory. I see. Interesting. Yeah, I would still I put it middle of the road, but in a in a good way because it takes a lot for me to call something bad in yeah. this franchise. I will only it's in good faith call two movies bad, and I would say Thor that the Incredible Hulk, boo, no Thor, uh, Thor, Thor two, Thor, Thor two. I like Thor, Thor one, Th- Thor two, and Captain Marvel. Thor one is underrated. I love Thor one. The Thor one gets a bad rap, and I think there are some bad things in it, but it is not as bad as Thor. It's two. cheesy at times, but like it's Thor's a different. I keep arguing Thor on different stuff just because he sneaks his way into the arguments but like yeah no Shang-Chi we're looking forward to you man we're looking forward to Simi Liu and everybody else involved on that project you killed it we're looking forward to everything I'm happy we finally have a crew that we're excited to see where everyone goes and not just one character and like oh yeah those other ones are involved no I want to see where Katie goes just as much as Shang-Chi just as much as his sister which Same here. I hate that I can't remember her name but again I've seen the movie once yeah <laughs> So that is going to do it for this installment. And, you know, uh, if you like the podcast, please, you know, uh, give us a rating on uh, Apple Podcasts. Apparently that kind of helps us out. Of course, you can find us wherever you're listening to us, but you got us on Apple Podcasts, you got us on Spotify, and you can find the podcast at Jordan J and Buddies on Instagram. Um, Brandon, would you like to plug anything? Uh, normal thing. My Instagram, I have my art. I also post food sometimes just because I love to post food. Uh, Canva Butter, C-A-N-V-A-B-U-T-T-E-R. Love play on words. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'll be putting the podcast like normal. Yeah. I love doing this, man. Thanks for having me again. Of course. Yeah. Uh, I cannot recommend looking into that enough. Post a lot of good art. I have gotten some pieces from him, and it's, it's cool stuff. Um, that'll do it there. I guess we'll start the outro then. But in this case, I don't know much what to say. Because uh, honestly, we really... I thought right after, I forgot about one thing, is Shang-Chi's middle of the road in a good way, Black Widow's middle of the road in a decent, like, slash bad ways. They're two different middle of the roads. That's the last thing I could really think, though, yeah. is I, I don't really have any BS for this to joke around or anything. I just had a blank thought because yeah. I blank out sometimes. But yeah, because they're both <laughs> just middle of the road in very different ways because they also serve as to different narratives. Black Widow is filling in a gap this is starting a new story Ah. so because of that they're totally different stories but the gap (laughs) so that was the outro